0: For my 5D Collective, I want to keep chit-chatting about the aspects we looked at for Retrograde Season. But it's about, for example, sex workers and childhood trauma, abuse, and the entire topic of, for example, sex workers. And this is not with any background in the system because of me knowing the gist of how politics is going right now uh i will say this i I choose to stay out of it because of realizing that a lot of people who say they're in favor of supporting the world and the human race that is not really true they're they're all in it in a certain way if they're not then they're talking about it so what i'm going to do is create a conversation because functional adults this is what we can do here is how we're going to lead with examples of how to go and chit chat so uh, one, if you believe in devil or evil, please go away because you know, you're know you not in the 5D collective. It's not a race. You don't have to be here. Uh, we're just people who know nobody's the greatest mistake. I personally am trauma-informed besides being a mystic, and I am growing a group, a community that wants to talk about things which I thought would just be normal as I grew up, and then I realized a lot of people are limited consciousness. Lo and behold, they're not in the Enlightenment. Soul age group which is, lo and behold, very straightforward, restorative, embodied self, and integrated brain, so you need to get here though, and here's where movies make uh, adaptive children look cool, and they're not, they're all people that have unresolved trauma, and it's not necessarily from actual childhood abuse, in the way that, instead today we're going to explore a minute or two, because as I was channeling guidance, as I said, nobody knows what any body has been through, and... And unlike what I have heard, those who are most compassionate in my trauma therapy courses, I've met lots of people who want to truly help the human race, and they're not yelling. In fact, one of the ladies that comes to mind, she talks about offenders, and I'm not going to even mention it because it's such a controversial still topic that I prefer not to bring up aspects unless we're in a setting where I can look at you, you can look at me, and then we can discuss together but this woman, her experience and it's always going to be based on your personal experience how much compassion you can bring and in this case the, the lovely person I need to connect with her or try because she's doing her best to bring to the picture all human beings are not their greatest mistake and I have had people point out to me this very area which is why I know that there's a divide. It's a divide because it's a very sensitive topic. So I'm going to leave that one to the side, but know that when I think of being raised with Jesus and the church, I had a good experience that was introduced to love and the essence of life. But I also as a person and still am a person who's not disconnected from my own Purusha Prakriti as we discussed. I have a term I can use because it came into being because of many different sources, because it's a time, because we create words and who knows, no, that's because I want to stay linear, the 5D ascension stuff began to become something visible. There's a reason we have more mystics, and it's because Claire's are us in energy in our relationship, and that's why I love that the 5D educators with neuroscience and physics are in the sphere of explaining consciousness and guru who is a spirituality guru, he's meeting with these same leaders and creating conversations. And yoga is now yogic science. And this is where it's very straightforward for 5D mystic in the Enlightenment Soul Age group, such as myself, to know where we're headed. Anybody who also knows, good for you. Come on board. Let's have a chit chat so that you can join me. And if you don't know where we're headed, it's okay. Don't worry. We're headed to somewhere, but we don't need to be making up any decisions. Right now, what we're wanting to do is to create a different way that we talk about sensitive topics. And that's some people will maintain their religious belief system. And they consider the devil basically the apocalypse. There's people using these words. And they do think of being accepting of people and working with them with compassion-based therapy is... um, basically having the devil win. They think that because prisons now have compassion-based therapy, because the justice system is looking in an effort to support rehabilitation, because there's a world that is growing more humane, the people who are fixated on the ancient way of describing sin, and that the devil is winning. I mean, I'm a Reiki practitioner, and I now know that theologians are building, quote-unquote, a case. And I say, quote-unquote, because honestly, anybody who believes in this holy seal of approval, I mean, again, you're living in a time that I no longer live in and didn't live in even when I was a kid. Being told about Jesus and God did not make me think, ooh, 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 if I don't get the approval of the church over there, I'm going to be going to hell. No, I actually told God what I thought about the institution when I said, mm, I don't know about this evil shit or devil because I learned psychology and everything points to human suffering and your son seems to be the same person who says human suffering is a very sad thing. Forgive them, please. They don't know. I'm going to venture off and say if that's supposed to be your son, the way that it seems they're telling us, by the way, by hiding books from us too. But let me ignore the fact that they hide books from me and everyone since I know that they were the political institution of choice at the time since, you know, kings and queens and... I mean, pretty mathematical to a person who knows how to follow some basis of the system, since, again, my major is political science on purpose. Uh, I was very clear on what the institution is besides the belief stuff, which is also why I never took it kindly when people would get pissy in their pants when I'm like, I'm a Catholic, I'm okay with the Catholic Church, I love my background, and, you know, so let's get back to the table talk, because, see, here's where... Whenever people have gotten fired up, automatically I know that you are upset and you have a position. And I don't have a position that I want to put and stick in a stone. And I don't give a shit if you agree with me or not. This is the part. So I'm not going to start trying to get in my pissy pants because I'm not trying to prove a point. You just showed me you have a very awful Relationship and feeling about the church, and I don't. And we are now in an agreement that we can disagree, which is where I don't need the two year old floor for myself because I already know Maria where she stands. I am Maria, I'm the person right here. And so, here you go personality put to the side, spirituality process. No, I'm just a person who's knowing how to handle myself like a functional adult. Because the minute you get in your pissy pants is the minute that I don't want you to get pissy and I know we're disagreeing right now. And I'd rather have a conversation because that's what we were having to begin with. Adoptive children want to prove they're right. That's a whole different story. We're not going to talk about that stuff. We're going to talk again from functional adult land. So whenever in all of the years that I've been growing up, I've met people who get in their pissy pants. I'm passionate. I don't have pissy pants except for with my mother and my twin. No, they're the only two people I get pissy pants with. And maybe a little bit my younger sister. That's because we shared a four walls and, you know, you get to decide those 24 hours and still today. So, anyways, the part that I want to get to is when people get upset at the church, I automatically know they might have had some really bad experience. Same thing with anything that goes. When people get pissy in their pants, they have had an awful experience because I'm a human like anybody else, so I can know what a dislike means. (laughs) And again, the difference is not getting pissy in your pants, but being able to consistently maintain what is equanimity in your body, because you and I just found a spot where we don't agree on something, and it means it's going to get personal. If I keep moving forward, you're going to get real personal about it, and um, that's the part of where that's no longer a conversation. And people who live in drama land, this is where they live. They are okay with that. They use their sympathetic nervous system, and you can tell because they're not all, none of them are listening to each other. Okay, why did I want to talk about the sex workers or aspects that are a lot more uh, intricate? Even the one I'm not mentioning. And this is where it's not about mentioning specifics. It's about actually having people remember we don't live in a person's uh, life. We don't know, no- we know nothing of a person um, at all. And so when it comes to what people the choices they will have made throughout their life like sex work or drug dealing, and I don't know, I don't do drug dealing. I don't do drugs. I don't I don't want a relationship with drugs. People still tease me about it and <laughs> I'm 43 and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do any of this. They, they keep talking about it for the the the, uh, the whatever of the marijuana that calms your nervous system because they consistently some of them think that it's gonna make the part of what happens for me personally better but anyways some people are good with our organic way that our body works other people they get worried they get preoccupied and they you know venture off into territories where it's okay but what I'm trying to get to is when people make choices such as drug dealing sex work And the area of uh, all of that which people consider still the ones in the ancient land, uh, the devil has won. It ain't the devil. It's uh, called life. And I'm going to begin with, I remember when I read the Les Miserables. I did French in high school. And I did AP French because I loved it so much I didn't want to leave it. So I did it for my entire four years. I kept going back to AP. But my teacher, I was like one of the few ones there. So they only had so many books to give me. And I got to read, the reading material was Les Miserables, and then I also got to watch this movie, I forget which one it was, It was really sad, but it ended up fine. Anyways, in Les Miserables, if anybody watched the movie, I don't remember if the movie represents the book, but I'm going to share it, so if you don't like spoilers, then go away, but I'm going to share some stuff. The Claudette, I think, is the name of the mother, I forget, but... The mother of Claudette, maybe it is, basically was not given support once she got pregnant. I forget how she gets pregnant. If it's a lover and he abandons her, but she needs to sell her beautiful hair, then she needs to sell her teeth, then she goes to start prostituting herself. And she eventually gets sick and she dies. And I forget how it is that the guy who's the thief of bread, which he came from a poor household, he, he thieved because they had no food. And he gets this guard who gets pissy at him every time he tries to escape. So this guy eventually ends up in prison for I don't know how many years more because he tries to escape. And then finally he escapes again. This time he successfully remains free or something like that. I have a horrible memory for how it went. But he takes care of the little girl. that And, and, and it's because he finds Claudette basically on her deathbed or something like that. Um, And the point is that this story is a representation of something that still happens today. And it's no different just because we're in 2023. Uh, It's just different in the way that the movies make it seem. And they really don't do justice to how this is. Because, see, this is where for a person like myself, everything is taken out of context. Because I can imagine, just simply put, the Roman Empire times, right, when our ancestors were in this basic... Uh, whatever that was, but you know, it existed. So I've seen the medieval torture chambers. My gosh, it's horrible. I'm like, thank God, I don't remember anything. And on that note, actually, I did have some downloads on my past lives. Uh, We uh, 5D mystic, I think I mentioned that. So woo woo lady here. Uh, I had actually visions of something. It's not Anything that I'm going to explicitly share with y'all, but I, I did share with uh, close loved ones what I got to saw. It was like three or five lives specifically, or more maybe. They were all in flashes, but I know what my role was. I know who was in the... Because there's people that were with me, and I know who they are from my lifetime of now, and what they were in that. And, and, and actually, see, this is a part of where... When you can connect the dots... We talk about the oversoul, and for a 5D mystic, it's something, it's a gift. It's not awful, but I don't have a judgment of what I saw. And so what I saw, again, I'm not going to share it, but what I saw and with who I was and, and, and the different lifetimes, the sad part is it makes sense why they are where they are. And it's not sad because they're not, no, no, they're doing great. They're doing great, but they're doing great not as their own piece of Purusha Prakriti. They're doing great and I chose wealth, I chose fortune, I chose career, I chose all of these things and I look to the past and I see what I didn't choose and who I didn't choose and and what I'm not going to choose and what I'm not going to live. And I regret. And I sit here and regret in my little identifying of regret and that is all. And I live my five of cups. But I live my five of cups In the story of a hero who, because there's a whole persona that I'm describing. This is what people live. This is a persona in a movie. I've seen it many, many times over and over again. And when you are living it from your nervous system and your embodied brain, and you actually identify it, and you call it your reality, and you get to interact with people who, again, will say, but, you know, you don't have to stay this way. You can do something different. No, I can't do anything different. What are you talking about? No, I can't. This is a perfect example. The big man, baby child, who when I said, what's your persona about? No, it's not my persona. It's me. Uh, okay, so excuse me. Let me rephrase. When did you start doing the little teenage talk here? Oh, you're a basketball player. Oh, in the locker room with your friends. Ah, okay. Got it. Thank you so much. You obviously have no clarity whatsoever on your childhood trauma, because I know this person has... A lot of it, and though he's doing the best he can, and he likes his persona, and is a beautiful person who, though I can only spend a certain amount of time with because otherwise my brain is literally not listening to him ever, because he's that disconnected from what I would consider a much more interesting conversation. But he knows, and we love each other, and we're friends, and that's it. This is what people don't get about personas. Anyways, back to the story that I wanted to get to, so we can get to talk about. conversations that are more important when a 5d mystic sees their past we're not judging it we're not suffering about it but that's because we don't have an opinion about this whole stuff of good and bad and devil not devil this is why i was saying if you believe in any of this you're not in the right platform 5d mysticism is beyond the supernatural it's something that is called a relationship with the sphere of collective consciousness and then we have our own consciousness and create our relationship and we don't need to go spreading the rumors or saying things to people about it because it's not to be shared in a way of let me tell you i you know whenever somebody identifies with a saint or with anyone from the past i understand i understand that they're 4d1 and that they feel very special What I also understand is that they don't move into maturing their emotional body and they don't get out of that adaptive child and now they're in love with themselves and that's that one focused mindset or it's the enamored with oneself mindset. So they're in the illusion land uh, and that distortion though can be explained with inner childhood trauma, meaning your attachment system. It can be explained to you humanly speaking and it's not because you need to disengage from thinking that you're a channeler No, you're a channeler, but you're not the very specific entity that you're deciding and focusing on. But this is why, again, it's a choice. It's a choice for people to move beyond that. So when I try to focus one of the times on who comes through to me when I channel, I did it on purpose because I could tell that I had different types of pieces of consciousness, if you will, communicating. And some felt from the lovely spiritual in the, uh, you know, saints and angels and religious stuff. Okay, their energy felt like that. And other felt galactic, more like space stuff, like alien stuff. And I'm giving you the gist of it because I remember, I'm like, okay, I'm picking up on at least two sides here. One's over here, one's over there. Let me try to hone in on you. And I did not choose to hone in on specifics because I know how our brain works meaning anything that I will have learned or come a contact with across whatever I've liked or disliked, all of that is going to be what my memory stores. So I don't need to specify anything because I'm not busy about the specifics. I just could tell that I was being given input and it was a group and that I had a group from different types of timelines and whatnot and stuff like that. And that's it. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. So yeah, I had some were males, some were males, and then there were non-gender. I did not perceive, in fact, females, no, but I have seen females. Anyways, in that moment, no, what was with me was male, masculine energy, and then it was non-gender, so it was a one masculine, feminine, basically, neutral. Um, long story short, again, uh, side note, side note, side note. The part about non-duality is straightforward for a person who understands how to um, basically remember imagination is in my brain and it's not happening for real. So I don't need to go specifying shit. Uh, That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, But I also never once thought one group of people is good or bad once I realized as a teenager that I was casting stones. That is, let let me go to that. When I realized that I was casting stones, it was because I was using the word, you're good and you're bad. You do drugs, you're bad. You don't do drugs, you're good. You don't respect the law, you're bad. You respect the law, you're good. And as a teenager would, because I was taught, and I, and anybody else will have black and white thinking, I remember, I don't know what it was, but I figured out that I was casting stones, and I felt because I remember Jesus, don't cast stones or god, don't you're not god, you're not, you know, so that was the one moment alone that I've ever been like, oh my gosh, shame on you Maria, shame on you. And then from that moment forth, I'm like, I'm all in for anarchy. Come on over anarchy. And that's where I stand even though people are like, no, you don't want it. No, I don't want it, but I know why I would choose it over all the other shit. And that's because every piece of life has a right to be their piece of life. And it isn't because they're going to be good or bad. No. It's because I respect that every life is going to be their piece of life because that's the way that any piece of life that has achieved their own oneness will know we don't affect each other's states of consciousness. Now, humanly speaking, we have a system, thank goodness, and it creates the laws. And there you go. So we get the laws to protect each other from physical harm from each other and then we want our countries to also protect and there you go and then we want the globe we want the globe make it a better place for you and for me and the entire human race and all that is living we want to keep living They're very straightforward so mathematically nobody's gonna be like my country needs to do this no if you're 5d collective global citizen here the entire world it's one ocean are you gonna get it together or are you gonna keep being blind people Thank you, Sadhguru, for being here. Oh, thank goodness spirituality is a trending topic because, oh my gosh, if trends are awesome, it's because teenagers will want to be with their peers. So there you go. And consciousness and sadhanas will help people to get at least somewhere more to their clarity. And then the next step is for us, the community 5D collective. That's what we're here to do. Chit-chat about everything and anything. Woo-woo, not woo-woo. Call me a whore. Call me a slut. Call me whatever the fuck you want but I'm going to talk about. Solo poly, poly secure. I'm going to talk about sex work. I'm going to talk about things. And we begin here, but don't think I don't do it out. what, oh, You should see me talking to people. And that's where, to this day, when my family began to say, you know, you sure, Claire, people are going to think you're whack. So what? What do I need to do about that? I ain't whack. I'm not going to put some, you know, hey, let me impose my little Reiki on you. So anyways, people that worry they worry too much about things that we don't worry about because we know there's no good or evil by the way or bad or any of that and energy is, is actually just energy. I'm just saying 5D collective and we know uh, okay you your little I'm gonna go, go away from this one right now guys So I'm all over the place. Remember my lovely regular listeners there was that story I told you about. I told you about it one of my workshops. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. So whenever I see somebody who's in 4D land, I'm just going to have to share this. I just, I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I need to keep a straight face right now. <laughs> I can't be insulted no person because I need to. I just know I need to shut up, move away as soon as possible so that I can go do something different because it's uh, beyond me. Since I do have the experiences of mysticism, I do understand when they're in this moment. The thing is, I also understand that they're not really realizing how to uh, move into a different space. So I'm going to leave it again alone because not everybody's going to move into 5D mysticism. And let's get back to our important topics, which is none of us know what people go through. And this is a very important deal for society. So some are just yelling, 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 but they're not really trying to say, let's have conversations about this. Let's talk about it being 2023. Let's talk about there being no devil. Yeah, you want to, okay, fine. You believe in it. You believe there's a devil. I don't. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? So here's where I actually I had a very interesting conversation. This was with the person who's borderline, and they have clairs. Or at least that's what they shared with me, even though we, we ended up talking about other interesting stuff, not about the clairs. But this is because they, I forget what it was that drew them to talk to me, but they kept wanting to tell me that evil existed. And it exists. And they began by saying, I've met a person that is a mason. And I've heard other people talk to talk about this shit. And again, it's not that it's not shit. Is that nah, evil doesn't exist. It's an energy. People that believe in it, they can keep believing on it. And no, there ain't no demon. There's only a specific energy. And the people who actually embody it, they're not... In a free space, they're in bars if they ever do, and they're not embodying it. The reality is something very much more sad, and I'm not going to go there either. So, let me leave it alone because the movies really is what I'm now thinking about. And people who perpetuate this entire energy, they're the ones who continue to create it in our collective consciousness. And why 4D needs to think twice about their words they are creating fear in the collective consciousness, they create stories in the collective consciousness, they create. Superheroes, supervillains in the collective consciousness. They keep creating an energy that they believe in. And they're keeping on talking about entities that they believe in from storybooks. And they're in their imagination land. And so, I repeat, 5D Collective is about the scientific methodology, even though woo-woo lady here is pseudoscience, and there's okay, I'm okay with it. I'll always go to my physicist, my neuroscientist, and all the lovely educators that actually can break things down. And I know that they break things down empirically because their research keeps moving forward. So again, people have trauma and it's unresolved and people have backgrounds. And that background, uh, there are people who I have met who have shared things with me of, of their stories and uh, and they've done so with honor and respect to their people and to the system. And in fact, they actually proactively work with the system and with each other. And they are the most encompassing. They're not yelling and pointing fingers and dividing countries. The people who are aware of what they went through are equanimous because they learned how to handle their emotions and their emotions and mind and a whole bunch of other things so when i get to the 4d collective it's always a bit of a bittersweet because i understand their experiences and yet i also understand their delusion quote unquote it ain't delusion it's them choosing to ignore that they feel special now that they have clairs they they choose to be a superhero and then they're super villains and they're saving someone and here's your codependent types so they will prance around feeling like superheroes or those who do the supervillain stuff. So anyways, um, back to again, real land, and people not feeling that they can talk about something that they went through. So the borderline, and I and I I forgot his name, but um, I'm sure he's okay with me using this word because he is a diagnosed person with borderline personality. He's on medication. He's healing. He's great. He's doing success. He shared with me the way that he can tap into and perceives energy and da-da-da. And as he was describing it, I remembered the description of what a person who has trauma will be in their brain. Which is why people who have clairs, what they don't understand is if they're not healed from their childhood trauma, what they pick up on is distorted because they don't yet know a body that is in a state of love. And they don't yet know how to distinguish... And here's the part about the brain. An integrated brain, integration of the brain means that my left and right mode, all hands on deck. And my default mode network is down-regulated, so my neuroreceptor is on the uh, ventral vagal social engagement system. My nervous system is in ease. I'm in rest and rejuvenation one, and my brain is in its prefrontal cortex. I'm present. I am attuning, I'm resonating, and I'm trusting. I'm nowhere near my yesterday. I don't do the past. I don't have it in my hand. I don't have any opinion whatsoever. I am here in the now with no memory because I have not yet experienced anything with you, human being, who's in front of me. And you have no weapons, so I have no reason to be in my defense mode. And so I have observed immediately my territory and my territory means i'm here with myself and then i'm in the presence of another and if i'm in the presence of another and there's no weapon and there's that i am in the presence of another and i'm going to allow myself to exchange whatever interaction is going to happen and that's why functional adults have different conversations than people who are not functional adults with people of all types okay so the opposite When you have a person like this person, what they described to me and anybody else who's not in their functional adult, somatic empath, completely always compassionate in their body while they're dealing with anyone, okay, any human, any topic, all of this, okay, so they're not an integrated brain, meaning they don't navigate with a social engagement system on and with left and right mode on, however, their neuroreceptor is scanning, so they're scanning Scanning, 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 scanning. The infant learns to scan the environment and to calibrate according to their environment. This is why when that political science dude describes this triad or whatever, which is a person who has the psychopath's brain structure, then they have Machiavellian, and then they have what I think, yes, narcissistic or narcissism. So these three together, he called it something. Triune, triune some. And he explained why it was the ideal uh, mastermind of evil brain. And it's one, the psychopathic brain structure, the amygdala, reads energy or reads fear differently. I, I still need to gather more understanding from that because usually people are using tainted words to describe this versus just say it's uh, reading it differently. They, they add the history of the psychopath to the rest, so... The part is that it's alerted differently. It's not as colorful, something like that, when they're alerted to somebody being upset. Then their prefrontal cingulate or something like that doesn't turn on, so they don't have the awareness of society, and therefore the uh, emotion of shame or just awareness of being watched isn't there. And their cingulate, this other part that says, don't do it, it's like the Gemini Cricket of our brain, don't do it, you're going to get in trouble. That's off or very silent, quiet. Okay, so their brain structure of the psychopath makes them less aware of social repercussions. But also, their nervous system doesn't enter into fight-flight, doesn't get anxiety. And that's for other reasons that I don't remember exactly how it was explained. And so that's why they can do a lot of risky things, and that's why they can stay calm under pressure, because their heart doesn't start beating fast, 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 fast. Which is also why there is a huge difference between a psychopath diagnosed and a sociopath or a narcissist. The psychopath, it's the brain structure and something about what, uh, I forget, again, there's a specific uh, neuroreceptor that doesn't, there's less than or they're still looking into it. But this is one of the other videos I had watched. Put to that, the Machiavellian, I don't know if that's just something they created of a type of persona or whatnot, but I I didn't look into it. Narcissism, on the other hand, we have an inflated ego, which has a deflated actual ego, and there's not a sense of self that actually has confidence. So that narcissist sociopath, they learn to scan their territory in an effort to be safe. When you look at a narcissist or a sociopath, they will not have felt loved in their household. They will not have felt that they it in different ways. Let's not go judging parenting styles and whatnot. I'm talking brain nervous system because this is what I'm coming to you with for now. Trauma-informed education hours raising my hand right now. The mysticism stuff, that is where my intuition always led me to know there is no evil. That's why I'm here to talk about it. It's all people that need a good therapist to understand that they're human and their body works a certain way. There's no superpower. This dude who's talking to me about how they think, because see, when people are intuitive, they think they got some superpower going on. They don't know that we're all nervous systems and brains and we're scanning. Some of us don't scan because we're not afraid of you. You don't have a weapon. We're not going to scan you. We're also not trying to manipulate you to get you on our side. We're not afraid of you. You're a person. We don't need you to give us a thumbs up or thumbs down. Why would we, this is the part, when you understand what scanning means, you're the one when you're scanning that is not safe in your own body to be yourself and you're scanning to see how can I make sure I am going to be good here, which is why people learn to engage in certain ways with each other. So let me leave that out and keep doing my topic. I don't want to do too much more psychoeducation here. But uh, what I was trying to get to is their overgeneralizations, their black and white thinking, their narrative discrepancies, their actual vilification, and there's one more, is all basically their own safety behavior pattern. And so they're distorted in the way they're seeing reality because they are not in a E state. And they are scanning in an effort to meet somebody else in a way that though comes from a body that is not in a safe body. So that's why there's distortion. Now, they can be great at reading whatever environment they want and doing whatever. That's, that's exactly the point. And, and this has nothing to do with the ad whatever. I'm just giving different examples of how people don't understand how your brain works. Well, those of us who learned it, we do. Brain and mind and then relationships. So this person, as they talked to me and described to me things, my mind was like, okay yes, you told me you're borderline, you're in therapy, you have a household that is full of, they went and went up, ended up sharing with me their household and that they had just recently had to tell them I'm cutting you out because you keep on presenting to me things that I can't handle right now. I'm on a healing journey. And so of course you believe in evil and you skip. This is, this is my, my point is this, this person kept trying to convince me in fact, the way they were wording it is what you're saying to me is dangerous. You're going to put yourself in danger. No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm smart enough to know what danger means, which would be, I would be with people who have potential, I don't hang out with people that are in, unfortunately, not great situations. I hang out with people who I get to know, <laughs> and in fact, I actually make myself aware of being safe with people before i do anything long story short what i'm trying to get at is people use movie language this guy's like ah this is dangerous you're going to be near energy vampires you're going to be near i'm like okay yeah uh <laughs> i didn't actually like i said we didn't go down that path i just agreed to disagree with him and, and then we got to talking about other more important and interesting things This is where this is not the only person who uh, tries to make me believe in the devil or evil when I, you know, again, say that I don't believe in it. But back to us and more important topics. The person is a great example of somebody who's on a healing journey who didn't talk about their family like shit. They didn't talk about their situation like they were some person who needed to be treated differently. No, they actually were very understanding towards the woman who left them more than uh understanding it was very beautiful to see how compassionate how uh, neutral they were when the the person came back they even told me this story and i said wow that's really great that you could share that it shows me how much you care about her that you understood why and i said if i had been your woman i would not have left you i would have said what do we need to do to get through this but that's just me I said, of course, I understand what you're saying, because, yeah, borderline. I'm, and, and he said, I got pretty scared. So, you know, that's the part. The woman probably felt physically unsafe. And here's where, when she came back, though, she came back with an idea of what she wanted to create, which is what he didn't want anymore. And so the, the, these are those stories of where, like, 4D presents it in a whole shit show way. Uh, this is a story of two people who met. They were together. Uh, it got scary. She made a choice. He made a choice. He got better. She came back around. He didn't want what she wanted and she didn't get upset. She went and found what she wanted. For me personally, as an observer from the outside, again, if I choose to be partners with you and I know you got diagnosed borderline, I'm going to go and get information with you. So to me personally, it's not scary if a person has a mental health disorder and that's why i said i wouldn't have left you i would have said what do we need to do i would have learned how to handle it but that's where there's an established relationship so these two were going to get married on the other hand let's say you and i are getting to know each other and i start to see red flags and that's a different story but it's also a different story because when you see red flags and let's say well I'm thinking of something specific, so in my case, I was completely uninterested in the individual and building a relationship, but the red flags were a variety, and it was actually the way they would not take ownership for aspects that they could have, and that showed me that they would not work on those aspects, so a partner that chooses to have triggers and not work on them, that's a person who's choosing a path, which is why you can always know how to handle with respect. In fact, to this day, there are plenty of people that don't do therapy because the movies make it look normal to treat each other with the codependent type relationship stuff. And this is where we're going to leave that one because it's not our business to change states of consciousness. And we have the law for things that get out of hand. Which is why people with their judging of each other is not what's the law. And it's people who are non-disciples at that. They are adaptive children when they're judging another person, when they're judging a couple, when they're judging in the sense of let me condemn you and say you are bad and you are good. This is that part of where when I go back, I did it. As a kid, I learned I'm not doing it because it felt very much I'm not God and I ain't perfect. And oh my gosh, I'm casting a stone. And this is not... Today, with spirituality and sadhguru, and all of that which is yoga, and you being oneness consciousness, and all of that which is mystic land, what people I see they don't understand this is the part of don't judge your neighbor, don't judge your politician, don't ju- don't be proactive. This means learn how to talk, learn how to walk, learn how to speak, learn how to do, and you know the beautiful part about being in a limp, clear consciousness is knowing there's imperfection in all humanity. Nobody's their greatest mistake, because, yeah, this is the whole part of what devil leaves people to still keep thinking, which actually does a disservice to the entity called God that I always personally connected to the essence of life and love. Nothing more, nothing less. Not some wrathful being that's going to come whip you to death, which is where childhood trauma, transgenerational trauma... And, okay, what were we in the medieval times? Were we all literate? No, we were not. Please, people, keep it connected to context, shall we? (laughs) Who did we have as rulers, kings and queens? Who do they look to to get the seal of a holy approval? I mean, it's so down to earth. It's not even funny if you remove all of the stories of the whole masons and not masons and evil and devil. and So, okay, when I think of the areas that have people in a space of addictions, drugs, sex, alcohol, food, when I think of criminals, uh, I don't think in a way of anger, I think in a way of, I am so sad for every single one of these people that have lived in these neighborhoods, whatever's happened, I feel sad for them, I don't feel mad, I feel sad and proactive, the people who choose some specific one topic, they don't think of all of it And then say, how do we help humanity? Humanity is already on it, thank goodness, for the trauma experts. And thank goodness for people who do academia. Because they're on it. Sociology. I remember my sociology classes. All of it. So we have plenty of good people out there doing good things. What we want to create are better conversations. That's still not enough out there. We have trending topics. Trending topics aren't conversations. So when we meet people... How many of you know somebody who would be okay with their partner being a sex worker? Let's just put it out there like that. I'm just going to, because again, I focused on this one for, for a reason. It came through in the channel guidance, but also because I've been in uh, one, the course with the lovely workshop practitioner lady. But two, I've had situations where I've dealt with people that are my age. They claim to be spiritual and spirituality stuff. They claim uh, they're the lighthouse though. They believe in the whole, all that other stuff and they don't go and get their work done. They have no uh, actual intention, even though they did manipulate a situation at one point. I shared that story and this is where I already know that uh, if they were actually aware of themselves, they would be in a therapist's room a long time ago because they do know their childhood. They lived it. But if you're a lighthouse, lo and behold, okay, so if I meet a person, whether they have a mental health disorder, whether they have lived a life of crime, or a life of aspects that they have uh, had to endure, I will not be judgmental towards them like a little bourgeoisie asshole. (laughs) Because, see, all the ones who like to flaunt their little mantles look good, aesthetic, trending. Because you see them all. I see them. I see them mouthing their mouths. I don't see them walking with the people. I don't see them looking in the eye of a person saying, wow, you're so amazing. I don't know what I, what, I, what I notice. And these are people. I know a lot of people. You all do. I have yet to meet people. Except for in the professional field of helping people that can say, wow, you're a sex worker. I, w- I would love to hear your story. What happened, for example? Or, oh, wow, this person, they, they're dealing with trauma. And so this is how they're handling, uh, you know, this sex its a compulsive thing. Maybe maybe we could help them to figure out a 12-step program. I don't hear people talking about this stuff like that. What I hear is, oh, the devil's won. The apocalypse is here. Everybody's going haywire we even have the poly secure people now oh my gosh they're all sluts they're all whores everybody wants to cheat on everybody like seriously <laughs> 90210 and even worse than that one so I am a person who likes to use me as an example because I, I do as a teenager like I said when I discovered what I was doing I was so um i was so ashamed and that was the day though that i said to myself well the system exists for a reason and adults of course they're going to teach me how to handle myself and as a child i needed to be given the black and white thinking because otherwise how was i going to make a decision i'm not emotionally mature i'm not mentally mature to to hear you explain to me something so i'm going to have to get a yes and no i i can't do maybe if you do maybe with me i'm going to go run all over the place and this is the part of where, for me, it was something that I didn't hold against myself. I didn't say, oh, bad Maria, and now you need to go fledge yourself with that whatever the whoop is. No, I was like, okay, I got it. And then when I told God about, uh, yeah, your people, I don't know what they're doing, I mean it and meant it, which is why the guilt, quote-unquote, that was like, yeah, of course I feel guilty. The society that I grew up in, the organization, talked to me about sin. They're bullshit. It's all bullshit because none of them are... Because the entire institution, besides the Crusades, do we need to go any further? It's bullshit. You're hypocrites. You're all hypocrites. This is where I'm just so sorry that some people don't see the hypocrisy behind a person who wants to talk about love and an institution that doesn't even see that they're hypocrites. You know, you'd think they'd have some smart people behind the scenes. Because if there were a smart person, it would be a whole bunch of revamp in order to not only change your facade so that you could look appealing but that you could also be a representation of something this is where it to this day makes me wonder who's behind the scenes of anything because if you were smart in any way shape or form you would see your own hypocrisy especially when you have in an institution individuals in a certain way now people like to do the whole conspiracy stuff corruption stuff da 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 and that's when they say, ah, evil, see it, one, conspiracy, one. No, they got some stupid-ass leaders behind the scenes, and I don't even know how they don't know they're going to crumble. Kind of like the Roman Empire. I forget how it really went, but it was, there, was a moment where they did have the possibility to be aware of something, but because of their arrogance, and see, here's what arrogance does, because the adaptive child, what, what, what people don't realize, which is what I was also trying to explain to that friend of mine, When you're scanning a territory, again, you are not clear in what you're seeing. You're using the past, which means you're tainted. You're also using what is a fight-flight mode. You are in defense mode. Your peripheral view, you're only hearing what you want to hear, however you want to hear it. There's going to be narrative discrepancies because you're translating instead of listening. And your eyes are only looking in a specific direction, plus your ears are turned off too. Your entire body is not aware Consciously of everything. So you are the one who's blinded and you're going to go in a direction. And the part about when people think they're right, uh, that's a whole other story. But long story short, the minds that can see clearly are not the ones who are using the past that is not accurate uh, and really is no longer applicable. So when I think of institutions and them failing, I'm like, well, obviously you have people who do not see long term and it's going to be clear, especially when there's hypocrisy behind the scenes. So leaving that one alone and back to talking about actual relationships, if somebody that I know needs to do certain things as a grown-up person and even after just realizing that nobody is their greatest mistake, that there's a law that keeps things organized, I don't need to be no judger, this is the part. Nobody is here to be perfect. So when people, societally speaking, judge each other, it's, it's a BS. It's a lot of BS. Is what I'm going to say, and that's why I would say you're not growing mindful relationships. When I think of people, I understand that I may not like something, I may disagree with something, but they will have made choices based on their best options at the time. And that when I've met people from poor environments, they've told me what they have to teach their children and how they don't like it, but they have to teach them things. And so until we get the system on board with compassion therapy which thankfully we do they have that they know what trauma is and the systems are moving in a direction that makes people who want to believe in the devil and evil think that yeah the devil's won no what's won is humanity is winning and that's because we're human beings and that's because the trauma experts didn't make up shit from their asses they have technology and they've been studying how to help people with their well-being for a long time and they're going to keep doing it And the part about us being emotional beings, this is the saddest thing ever, is that people don't realize we all are because you cannot not be. uh, That's all. And so when people do make choices, like sex, drugs, alcohol, food, and they find themselves in crappy situations, remember the scale of evil, one to nine, Michael Stone? People end up finding themselves by accident in the wrong place, the wrong time. Think of Gabor Matei, who talks about not trusting your got because um, he knows of people who have yet to learn to trust their own compass because you need to first be able to learn about who you are emotionally speaking. and in order to get to that, you need to realize the disconnect of that emotional body. And if you remember, we read in that other episode, I think it was uh, about when you don't feel disgust or anger for somebody when they're abusing you, when they're manipulating you, when they're doing something in a way. And all of this, again, not just a sex worker, it can be a drug addict, it can be a drug dealer, it can be so many different roles. And people who talk about the devil winning versus talking about human beings not having money or food and and us being able to try to work together but not with the conspiracy. The conspiracies are such an annoying energy. It's not even funny where they bring those conversations. Like this dude. Great conversation, man. But you're continuing to try to hit the nail of, I met a mason. I met this. I met that. Here's what I pick up. Here's what... You're honing in on an energy and on a specific type of vibe. And, you know, at the end of the day, of course, we still have in the world a lot that needs work. But... Um, you choose where you put that energy and how you're going to make it into something. And I will end with this. As a tarot reader, I looked into when reading death, because some people had asked me. And I said, look, we don't do that. A, a tarot reader that is actually um, wisdom will not read to you death. They will not talk to you about death or disease. Not only because it's a very specific energy, but it's, um, it's unnecessary and energy and free will there's just a lot of components but this is the part a person who's a good tarot reader is not going to talk to you about things that can create fear it's just not an energy you bring to a person uh, and and even if you were spot on sure about something you don't unless and here's where i said unless you for a fact know that that human being who you're reading for will not turn around and you know so and that would mean a very 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 bond that is undeniable that there's trust and stuff like that so long story short though i did some research and as i researched somebody who taught tarot reading because they teach it uh, said when i was teaching about what uh, cards equate potential death or sickness she said i noticed that i started to pick up more on it remember where your energy flows right where the mind flows energy flows or however that thing goes And that's why when people hone in on their Claire stuff or their intuitiveness stuff, if their story is with relationship to people in that mode of evil and, you know, conspiracy, and you're going to pick up on stuff and you're going to harness it that way too. And it's kind of like when people sensationalize, um, the media does it all the time. So do movies. Terror readers do this too. And so does anybody else who's picking up on something. Because I can, I can do a reading and put in a lot more detail in it, but I can also keep it simple and straightforward. And here's why it is a bandwidth, and it is in the sphere of consciousness. And a 5D collective is not interested in spending time in imagination land. Not to mention that, like I said, trauma memory and unresolved trauma so we have plenty of dysregulated and restorative embodied selves is what we want to move towards but there's dysregulated and modulated and those bodies uh, need to know about good therapy and they might not move into restorative embodied self we also know about how heartbreaking torn apart trauma is inside the body of people and so integration of the brain is not necessarily going to be everybody's cup of tea there's so many components but to close up the loop on if somebody has lived a specific type of lifestyle. If you're a functional adult, you don't judge the person. You hear their story. You say, wow, I'm so sorry. Wow, I'm so happy you're great. Wow, this is so awesome that you can do this. Wow, how can we help the system to be more embracing and bringing well-being? How can we help the religious institution to stop being where they're at? How can we help to expand human consciousness and humanity? And how can we disengage from saying, you know, it's devil or evil. Look, you have these opinions. Great. Put them to the side for a minute. How about we talk about what we can do to make it a safer space, a better place for you and for me and the entire human race. So the people who are adults, they can create conversations because I can say I respectfully understand you believe in devil and evil. I respectfully hear your story. I respectfully decline to judge a person who's a sex worker or a criminal or whatever it is because I don't know their story and the fact that you're judging them tells me you think you do but I don't think you do because you're not in their body and the minute that you're going to keep on telling me about something is the minute I'm going to say okay look you know we're not the law are we so let's go vote we get to choose our leaders we get to choose how we want to bring change to the world and some of us choose that we want love to be that way because we understand that no person is perfect And what we also understand is that people have transgenerational and unresolved trauma. And if we're going to make anything better, it's going to start with the people and the systems are part of it. And it ain't by denying the system or yelling at the system or being absent completely from it. It's by being proactive, but also talking about things. So some people, they want to talk proactive, but then when it comes to accepting, let's say, a sex worker or an ex-sex worker, How many of you know people that can easily, I I can, I can easily be with any person and say, I love getting to know you and I'm honored and I'm sorry when you meet those people who use words with you because I'm sure that must sting for you who went through certain things. And, you know, the more they're grown-ups with their life and the more they don't have shame, the more they can say, no, no, I get it. It's like with me and 5D mysticism and just being a mystic. I'm not woo-woo lady to me, but I'll use the woo-woo because I know that (laughs) scientific people will be like, woo-woo lady, and it's good, it's okay. But uh, what I was trying to say is I don't feel ashamed of it. I've never felt ashamed of having what is really just a human relationship with energy and that's why when people get worried or whatever because they are going to talk about you and talk about you in a way that you're I'll never forget one of my friends and when I told them I don't care what people say they had this sigh of relief (laughs) and I wondered I know I wondered what the fuck did they get to talk about that they won't tell me ever that's what I wondered but all those of us who are in the 5D collective are okay with imperfections and humanity can get to beautiful space. So let's help create positive conversations. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. If you have questions, let me know. Talk to you all again soon.